0: Discover Star Trek Discovery with us as we recap and critique the episodes with a little sass and humor. Okay, maybe a lot of sass and laughter. Ready to laugh with us? Hello and welcome to Trek and Beyond, a Star Trek
1: podcast. I'm Monika. And I'm Andrea. And welcome to episode 12 of season 3. And it is called There is a Tide should be called something else but basically this episode is all about the uss discovery and how osara is now at federation headquarters and now she wants a meeting with vance and what does she want to talk about and how michael is trying to save the crew but the crew is also trying to save themselves there is a lot going on some people missing some stupid decisions let's go ahead and get into it monika what is your initial reaction there's always stupid decisions,
0: but overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I There's a lot of segments I would love to talk about, especially the I love you exchange between the two of them. I saw you, I saw you roll your eyes right there, <laughs> but I will admit this is a much better I love you than in Star Wars, whereas I love you, I know. So I thought that this was really sweet and uh, there to Spock who said that she would never find love. And she has. <laughs>
1: what about you? I know, because I have to stick up for the Star Wars people. It was because the guy's character would never say it, because this just—he was a douchebag. But <laughs> my initial reaction is dead men tell no tales. So kill your enemies, Starfleet. Kill your enemies, because if yet they're no longer alive, they can't come back. And hurt you later. And when we see an enemy that we have not seen all season since season since episode two, come back to bite them in the butt. Stop letting your enemies live. There's a difference between someone breaking the law and can be reformed versus someone who just wants to do evil things. And if you let them, yeah, I'm going to give you I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to let the elements kill you. Just kill them. Just 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 kill them. Because Dead men tell no tales. Dead men can't come back and haunt you. If you know they're dead in the ground, he can't be here ruining your day.
0: I agree with you. But audience, see how we have varying views, initial reactions of this episode. This should be fun. (laughs) For one of us.
1: (laughs) Okay, so this episode is all about actually took sort of a left turn than i was expecting i was not expecting the emerald chain to want to have a negotiation with starfleet and that's what this base this is, episode is basically in two parts you have Osira talking to vance about setting terms for the emerald Train to work with the federation and then you have what's happening on discovery and so you it's very interesting to see discovery they're being terrorized peaceful conversations at starfleet headquarters Ter- being terrorized on discovery, back to peaceful conversations on uh, Starfleet headquarters. So I, it was a very, it was two very different fills. Normally in the episode, we'll, even when we have two different storylines, they somewhat have some of the same urgency, but this one sort of seemed very, uh, very different. And it seemed like everything Osiris was saying was a lie, even though they had the lie detector there um, that was like pointing it out. And I will have to say, I did not want to know what the replicator made the food out of. I could definitely know, live without knowing that knowledge. Um, I'm hoping he was lying to her, but the guy didn't say lie. So, um, yeah, that, uh, that, that whole part blew me. What did you, I just have to talk before we really get into the serious conversations. What did you think about the replicator part? I I thought that moment was priceless. I love that moment, especially because this was a
0: red apple. So there's a lot of symbolism connected there. And uh she even took it back out of her mouth after she realized it. So yeah, the poisonous red apple for the evil door. But she realized it, she backtracked, and Vance finished his slice
1: of the apple. I don't know if I could eat. It's one of the things where it's like I'm be- like I don't want to know how the sausage is made. Just, just give me the complete thing. Don't ever tell me what it's made of. Cause now, no, I, just, I can't go. <laughs> I can't go with what it's made of. I just can't get over that. That blew my entire well, mind. She
0: asked the question, so he just answered it. Maybe he was a little too frank, but she started it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. Basically, after taking over Discovery, Osira um, is sort of fakes her way into the Federation. And Michael is running after her, trying to stop her from getting there. Vance, being the beautiful man that he is and the amazing, the smart man that he is, realizes that it's not um, the Discovery crew behind, the, the, the Discovery crew that's, at the, that's, in, that's in the ship. It's really Osira, um, And that's why he's the man in charge. Because as you can tell, he, ha- he held no qualms of saying, all right, everyone, red alert, get your weapons hot, aim them at Discovery. Because if they ne- need to be, even though he needs the mycelial network, he was ready to blow everyone out of the sky to protect Starfleet. And I love Vance, because Vance makes the hard decisions. And I feel like Starfleet really needs someone who's going to make the hard decisions and not like, oh, we have men on there, we can't lose them. You're going to save 20 men and lose 200? The math ain't mathing for me so what did you think of that of that scene
0: i and he admitted that he was wrong because he said by say, stating that they had left them in the front door so he yeah. admitted to everyone that oh my goodness but then he sh- he quickly shut it down and he maneuvered the forces around uh discovery to attack if need be win um mm-hmm the time arises, but he started off open to negotiation. And, uh, I think that that was, um, the right idea to go with, but I just want to mention though, um, the fact that, that, um, there's hostages right now on discovery Mm -hmm. and there's a lot going on over there. That's that Asira then has no idea about. Um, as she's um, in negotiations. And so she's in, as you mentioned earlier, just in a separate zone. So she's disconnected to from her force mm-hmm. and uh, her force is threatened upon because they're not holding down
1: the fort on the ship. Yeah, they definitely underestimated uh, the crew. Um, so, <sighs> There is a lot of, in my opinion, very stupid decisions that happened in this episode. But I feel like it's not Starfleet and Star Trek if there's not dumb decisions <laughs> in episodes. And so one of them is, I think, Michael uh, sort of slamming the ship into a Booker ship into Discovery. I think that was not a smart decision because that could have ended very badly. Um, we see we see that there's an explosion. And it definitely could have ended her life. It could have ended more people on Discovery's life because that you couldn't, you couldn't phase, you couldn't um, jump in, you couldn't transfer in. I really think Michael sometimes, and this is how they always write her, that she'll make the hard and rough decisions, but never allows anyone else to, and then always sort of blame, like thinks everyone else is sort of wrong in their decision making, but she'll go ahead and risk everyone's life for her decisions. But won't let anyone else have the same ability because who else is going to say go ahead and fly directly into that ship with your ship full speed? Right, and I'm surprised that Osiris'
0: other ship didn't notice that yeah. ship um, uh, arriving and then um, and the trajectory right into Discovery. Like, hello, where? <laughs> what in the world are they at to? Because I thought at that time, they were also firing at Discovery.
1: So yeah, it's, it's um, again, decisions. Um, we see then that Booker is gonna give himself up so that way they can think only he was on the ship and that Michael can like run around the ship and save everyone. Which I guess because the shields were up, they couldn't, you know, jump people in and out of the ship. But at the same, I just don't see how giving them another hostage worked in their favor at all. I mean, I know how it works now, but like from the outside in, because it's like a one man army scenario that you see in books and all other movies. It's like this one person is gonna take down this entire organization. And it's like, but that's not realistic. Right. I don't understand
0: how book ship left Calamar was at Calvinar was able to catch up with them through this tunnel, um, kind of off the grid tunnel, catch up with them. And, uh, then and, and then, um, just merge, just like drive into the hallway. That whole thing was a little too suspect for me. Um, and also why she leave. Like I thought that book was there to help become the escape mechanism for Saru, who, and, uh, to So now they're like stranded out there. At least you can have a backup and, and for them, for the rest, for the crew that's there on this away mission.
1: <laughs> it's yes, yes, yes. Like, yes, because I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Yes. She was supposed to be their way of getting home safely. And she just condemned them all to death because again, she made a decision about what she cared about over everyone else and neither here nor there because I can get into the argument all day but then we get to see the whole little part that you like I love you I love you too okay please stop you're wasting time run hide do it up like I love you oh no the person came around the corner and saw me because I had this very long drawn out goodbye instead of just running away like I was supposed to
0: so one more thing how in the world did Book know that Osara was taking Discovery to Federation? She could have taken him anywhere. That is true. <laughs> she didn't leave a map. They just they just uh, used the lithium to
1: jump. <laughs> like so. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> That's true. But we did have your part of "I love yous," yeah. that I thought was a waste of time, because I'm dead inside, people. But what, what did you think of that scene? I thought that that was, you know, um,
0: I'm a little surprised that, <clears throat> that um, she didn't leave like with a phaser or she wasn't seem like well prepared for this next mission. Like what to do now that she's going, she's cloaking and uh, going to try to take over the ship. One person solo can outwit a Sirens crew <laughs> and take over the ship. Okay. So uh, I can see why, like now that they're separating, they wanted to say goodbyes. And it was a sweet, a sweet moment with the, with the Ivy. I just thought that she should pack more. <laughs> she should take like, I don't know if it was me, I would take like a dozen, all the, all the books, fav- uh, phasers, anything you got,
1: give it to me. <laughs> I need to leave an arm myself for this. I would have believed that more if she had all of that yeah really would have believed that more if she had all of that um it's I don't know I just I really didn't like a lot of the decisions she made for the crew in this episode um because as we see as we'll see like later in the episode what she did to Paul how she talked to him how she just sort of cared but not really what she was doing to literally the love of his life and if it was reversed we've already seen that she breaks the rules for the people she cares about but won't allow other people to and then expects them to sort of forgive her or to get over it after the fact and I just don't see where that thought process of hers like how do they keep writing her to do stuff like this you know to like go on these like one-man missions because you are correct she should have never left the nebula. They should have stayed there until they figured out how to get Sukal away or leave his butt there.
0: Right.
1: Leave his butt there. Hey, Saru, we know where he is. We can come back, but Starfleet's under attack. We need you. We need you and your little horns that shoot out of everything. We need you right now. Culver, he, we need you too because you know Paul, he on the right. ship. You can't leave him. And Dera, I don't know what you're going to bring, but you got like a couple hundred people's worth of memories in your head Right. you might know something about the emerald Train that we could use right we need to handle priorities right oh so call we'll be back you, right. you've already seen us he doesn't believe you're there anyway so just go and come back at, at <laughs> least being down there with more
0: anti-radiation pills like at least give them a supply but you leave them
1: straight the supply. because like with what endera gave them they only have like another day maybe right. so right. And that's if Vandera found them because I don't think in the last episode we saw if they if she found them or not. So.
0: But then Michael. Taking a
1: breath. Yes, <laughs> See, yes. I'm taking a breath because I'm just, oh, yes. annoyed with dumb decisions.
0: Right. So Michael Lee's booked ship in the hall and mm-hmm. travels down the corridors. And I don't understand why she attacks one of the regulator guys who had a, his back to her who was just trying to like i it looked like he was taking like a token uh, uh like a trophy like someone's badge off of the honor the the literal honor wall mm-hmm. of um and so his back was her if she's and she's cloaked so why attack him like just just get into the corridor just get to a safe space and this man, and like reprogram stuff and start to shut things down. I don't, I don't understand. So she tried to attack him. She didn't have any weapons, but he had a knife. And then with that tussle, she he, she ended up getting stabbed and then uh, and then took his um, calm beacon. And then she's hopping down the corridor with blood dripping off her leg. And the first thing that came to my mind was
1: Die Hard. Like the movie Die Hard. <laughs> And You're Dallas so right. That's definitely what this episode was supposed to be.
0: And then she also went into one of the corridors, uh, not corridors, but like the, um uh I don't know, the mechanical con, the, the conduit. And yeah. just like in Die Hard, just like Bruce Willis when he was in the the um, air ducts, it was like ah.
1: <laughs> it really so- was. It, it it basically was a Die Hard episode because it's a one man. One man against, or one woman in this case, against a literal army. That literally, in reality, she she would not win this. Right. Um. I will say it was smart for her when they found out where where she was because again, she didn't hide the body; just left it out in the open. Um, and then somehow she ends up with a phaser. Which why didn't you just stun the guy earlier? Right. But neither here nor there. Um. She is in the duct. And she wraps something around, uh, she wraps a piece of cord or a strip or her belt against a little hook and shoots the uh, the, uh, smoke detector, basically their high-tech smoke detector and start and has like basically everyone sort of evacuated out of the the conduits where she is, which was smart, but I feel like it shouldn't have been that hard for that girl to let go of her boots. Right. I think- Michael, this is not the time to like just let her fall off. Kick the girl in the face. This is when you do what the date in Poseidon, when the guy wasn't gonna let go of the other guy's uh, pants, and he was like, "Look, the elevator's coming. Either you drop him or you both die. You got to go. Like kick them in the face. You're you're already trying to kill her. What's what's some bruises to the nose? Like man up. <laughs> um, and it's just. It just didn't seem like there was a sense of urgency, like there should have been with what she was doing. Um, and we see Tilly being the amazing captain that I know she is, regretting not shooting that guy in the face. Yes, yeah. From uh, episode two, the uh, from the saloon, the bad guys, Zaheer. Zaheer, I think it is Zaheer, Z-A-R-E-H. Yes,
0: uh, and yeah, she really takes control Mm-hmm. of that situation like in a subtle way um so they like send morse code signals they meaning the um the hostages the discovery crew, um, crew. Mm-hmm. uh send signals to each other and they decide to make a distraction and then they attacked um the regulators and uh which is the sire's bad bad guys and then uh we're able to break free um, Booker and Ren are there and they decide to hold down the fort there to track so that the, when additional reinforcements arrive from as regulators that they could kill them while I guess um, Tilly and the rest of the crew try to um, take over the ship.
1: So they were together. I just understand why they stayed behind. Because it would still make more sense for everyone to be separated so like tilly and the bridge crew could all go one way and i think they should have went another way but staying like staying stuck at one spot made you an easy target and they're still going to look for the bridge crew when you get taken so i feel like you could have been like look we're not going to go with you but it's one of those things where you have like two teams or two crews like you both have the same exact job but you both can't know what the other person's doing so that way um, if you want, to, if Team One goes down, Team Two is still there, ready to go. And it's like I feel like they both should have had one. They should have broke up the Bridge Crew. Booker Booker went with one group. Uh, Ren should have went with the other group, and it should have been separated so that way, if one group went down, the other group was still ready to go. Versus it just being Booker and Ren holding down an empty room, which they didn't need to do, and then the Bridge Crew trying to take back the ship. I felt like it would have worked better if all of them were fighting versus two.
0: Right, and if you're just trying to kill Osiris crew, I'm sorry to say it, but she probably got more people on the backup ship that she could just beam over. So you're not really going to, um, well, I guess they're on the outside of the Federation's force field, but she has other crew that's there. I, I, that strategy
1: was injured, but Book kind of volunteered, I think, to stay behind. He should have listened to Tilly and went with her. I think in this case, he should have just listened to her and went with her. Tilly knew what she was doing. Tilly's smart. Tilly is very, very smart. And she, people overlook it because she's always so nervous and she gives off that nervous energy. But Tilly is really smart and she's really scary when she wants to be. So I think he should have just listened to her. Um, We meet a new character in this episode. Um, I'm going to butcher his name completely. Aurelio? Ah, the scientist. The scientist who has this reverence, um, loyalty to Osira, And we see that he's loyal to her because he only sees the good that she does, quote unquote. And when he's talking to Paul about everything... And Paul has to sort of check him and say, "She may be more than what she appears, like you think she is, but you also have to remember she is also who she appears to be. She has done awful things. The that planet you are so excited about saving, she threatened the entire planet with famine unless they gave up their endangered species and allowed them to basically harvest an endangered species." And he's like. And then Aurelia's like, no, 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 that's an oversimplification. That's not what she did, but it is. She does good for a planet, and you get and he gets to use his like brain for good, but she's also really actually doing evil and being very selfish and how she's getting stuff done. And it's very interesting um to talk about it because when Osiris comes back onto the ship and sees Aurelio, she's like, All right, I need you to leave the ship the bridge now. Cause like she keeps him away from the evil so he can just think of her as this good person and it's like she knows like she's doing that she knows she's making him believe she's not as bad as she is because it's almost like deny plausible deniability i don't actually know what she does but she has this great scientific research and we're doing such great things yeah but you're killing four people to save two no 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 we're not not really doing that yes you are yes yes you are you're robbing peter to pay paul and all you see is us paying paul not robbing peter and so it was very interesting to see how someone has that reverent loyalty to her because they believe she's a good person versus the people who are loyal to her to get rich he was a very different character than i expected when i saw him i thought he was gonna be much more cold-hearted
0: yeah and you could tell that asara respects him Mm -hmm. but also thinks that she can control him. Yeah. And she offered him to be like the, to lead the Emerald chain um, during the negotiations. But, um, and I think that that was because she thinks that she can control him and she can, um, yeah, just push him around, direct him.
1: Yeah. And it's very and honestly with the way that you're completely right because with the way that he views her the way that he thinks about her I think that he would always give her the benefit of the doubt and she knows that yeah she knows that he'll only see it's like when someone dies and you only remember the good like oh no no no, that person was so rude (laughs) you don't just remember the good things because you know you don't want to speak ill of the dead no speak ill of them they were horrible um he it's like that with him he only he only but he only sees the good Mm-hmm. um in general because she hides the uh the bad from him so that was a very interesting new character that we got to meet and I sort of hope they the Starfleet saves him
0: yes yeah, yeah well y- you have to also it seems like he's involved in a lot of other research uh that, and she she could he could then be an asset to the Federation
1: yeah and I said, I have to hope Starfleet saves him. But at the same time, you would have to want to be saved to be saved. Um, and I don't know if he wants to be saved, but he—you're right—he is a huge asset to Starfleet. And I think his wanting to um, grow the mycelial network to where basically no one needs the lithium anymore, everyone can support jump. On paper, it's a good project, and it's great. It's like, okay, let's reconnect the universe again but you're also going to probably commit horrible atrocities on Paul to get there and yes. that's the part that's like no dude that's not okay you cannot they the reason they use Paul now is because they didn't want to torture the uh, the actual animal that they were using in the past they, would, they right. were trying right. to get away from torture and for him it's like I will do the end to justify the means so maybe he won't be a good fit for Starfleet. I don't know we'll see
0: i think so but then like everything changed i think his eyes opened
1: once he saw Asira kill ren that's true i'm sad i thought ren was gonna make it i really did i, I was yes. shocked i didn't think ren was gonna die i thought he was gonna make it see that's why ren should have like joined tilly because they're still here but we will get into that on part two of this episode. So don't go anywhere. We're taking a quick break and we'll be right back. And welcome back to Trek and Beyond. Welcome back to part two. We have a lot to discuss and maybe not a lot of time to get through it. So let's talk about the, these talks with Osira and Vance. Because for some reason, this whole season of Starfleet Star Trek has made us think that the Emerald Chain was like a gang. Or like a like the mafia,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and how Osira was the head of it, and no one else had a say in it whatsoever. And now we learn in this episode that somehow the Emerald Chain is actually like a different form of government that wants to connect with Starfleet, and I just don't know where that came from because unless I missed something in the previous episode, I thought Osira was the end-all be-all of the emerald chain. And if she said they're doing this, they're doing it. Like she says, jump, they say how high. And now she's discussing it with other people within the chain. She's spreading political capital. What political capital? Capital. (laughs) You're the head. So I was very thrown for a loop that with this part of like learning that it's basically another type of government, not just like the mafia of space. What did you think about that?
0: I agree with you. I was puzzled as well. Actually, I still am. Um, and it seems that's why I was caught off guard when she, was try- when she presented a negotiation document, terms, because mm-hmm. typically a, um, a mobster, a pirate, doesn't start negotiations with terms listed. Yeah, <laughs> That's not normally the case. So uh, I was a little puzzled by that. And then basically it sounds as though she wants the positivity, the hope and positivity of the Federation with like the commerce part that she's managing um, together. But it's, uh, But she's managing a network of exchange groups but there, it's an organized exchange. Um, but there's not as much, I think, hope for the future because she doesn't know how the exchanges will continue without dilithium. She it, realizes the end is near. I think.
1: Yeah, and it's a. Um, it's I don't know. It still threw me for a loop. Still threw me for a loop. Um. <laughs> Just because even though, yeah, they do run the exchange and they have people do the curios, do all that stuff. It just made me think that if she says, look, we're going to fall under Starfleet, you're going to fall under Starfleet. Because whenever you see a group like that, like a mafia type group, quote unquote um lose their leader who's been doing a great job regardless of the fact that she's evil she's been doing a great job keeping everyone in line keeping things running smoothly um when the hit like steps down and someone else tries to take over or tries to like when there's a power vacuum it never really goes well because even if the emerald chain steps down and does everything legally now um, and there's a power vacuum for the untapped underground market. Those are going to be small time people like Zahir, who Starfleet can take out real quickly, like a one one ship crew versus the Emerald Chain that had hundreds of people under her name. So it just well, and also she was supporting
0: enabling a lot of illegal activity with the endangered yeah. species, slavery. Like there was a lot of other sketchy things that she was overseeing. So why did she think that like the Federation wasn't going to, she looked a little surprised when Vance came back to her and said, well, you're going to have to be tried for your crimes. And she- Like, why wouldn't you, honey? (laughs) (laughs) Right? She she looked like she had not thought about that. She didn't think that through. Uh, And that's when I think she started to, to pivot and think, okay, well, then maybe I can present someone else on the forefront of this and then take a back seat. And Vance was like, no, you, you still have to
1: be tried for your crimes here. Because no one's gonna take you no one's gonna take this seriously if they don't if you don't own up to the past. And she's like, we're moving to the future. Yeah, but you can't forget the past, yeah. which is so. So telling, which is why I also I love Vance because Vance cannot be emotionally ma- manipulated, and Vance sees the truth. He sees. I think he sees through people very well, um, and he's seeing through what Osiris is trying to do. Her, she knows her empire. He knows that she knows her empire only has so long left to be like, like is before it crumbles, and this is her last ditch effort to save her. T- to save, her people, to save her empire and save face because if she does not come up with that lithium, she's going to lose everything that she's built. And Starfleet has the store of it. And so it's like, it's basically in her best interest to either try and take over Starfleet and lose or go away. Because if you come to them, you have to answer for your crimes and you're going to lose face anyway because you're going to go to jail. So again, interesting that she's the head of, or maybe not the head of the Emerald Chain, because can you think I, of someone, can you think of them putting the leader in jail and you still joining the group? No, I think she is
0: the leader because she asked about the president of the Federation. So she, it sounds as though she wanted to talk to someone at her level and Vance was stated that you know, he's available for negotiation. But Vance also brought up a, another good point um, that in a subtle way, because Asara was right next to the gold mine. She was right next to uh, Calabar with uh, an endless supply supposedly of dilithium. But she was hunting. She was distracted and hunting discovery and not really thinking about, well, why then is Saru down there and they left Tilly in charge? Maybe there's something, a bigger prize down below. No. Make it rain with all the facts,
1: girl. Make it rain with all the facts.
0: <laughs> so so uh, she was, uh, so it's interesting how like Asira was, um, I wanna say just dissing Tilly, for like not being uh, smart in that chair, in the captain's chair. But really, Asaira should have outwitted, should have thought about, well, there must have been something here. And think about her long game, right? And she didn't, she didn't even leave like, or send down a shuttlecraft uh, or send, as far as we know, she didn't like send, like, okay, how about send another ship like down there uh, to figure out what's going on? Ooh, so she she dropped the ball in a
1: big way. Cause I think we spoke about it in the last episode cause we were talking about it and I was saying that I, th- I thought she was going to Starfleet to basically destroy the competition. But now that we, so before she went back and uh, took all of the dilithium from that planet because how would she be able to consistently mine it if Starfleet was always trying to stop her from getting it, you know? And so to find out that it was never her intention to mine it, but to really join Starfleet feels like a total, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right that a female-led mafia group will just be like, you know what? Instead of trying to steal the dilithium before I hand over my, my entire empire that I built to answer to someone else, let me try and get this dilithium. Because now that I know that her plan was never to take over Starfleet, at least right now, we don't know that her plan is not to take over. She could just be trying to lure them into a false sense of, you know, security. Um, But as far as we know, her plan right now is not to take over Starfleet. It's to join them. I would have just stolen some dilithium. I would have at least first sent a craft there to try and steal the dilithium the moment Discovery left the planet and take as much as I possibly could to re, to fill up my stores b- and then try negotiating with Starfleet. But while I'm negotiating, I have my crew stealing dilithium. Right, and
0: put that mechanism that they put on Paul, like just on Sukal to make him relax. I don't know, uh, so that he's not thinking about this and he's not in fear. And then later on, take him out like, outside of the the nebula put him to sleep do the broken
1: nerve pinch put him to sleep just
0: put him to sleep yeah yeah but you can deal with him another way so (laughs) or control him so that then you can have even more power for other people that are using the dilithium just kill off all the other dilithium in the universe and then you have your restock right there and people say I'm evil. <laughs> See, this is, I, I like the possibilities in this episode. I don't, you know people, how I feel I about how they write Michael. I, I, Michael I don't like that part, how they write Michael. But wow, I'm this episode sorry. could have gone in lots of different directions. Yeah, apparently
1: she could have killed millions of people, according to Monica. <laughs> Another big part in this episode, um that we don't we I can see this being a riff that may not be fixed before this ep- before the season is over because we only have one more episode before the season's over. and that's a rift that's growing between Paul and Michael because Michael is basically kicking Paul off the ship, and Paul's like, we have to go back because he needs to save his husband because, They've been through through too much crap (laughs) to not make it. And um, it's very interesting that it's almost like, even though on the outward appearance, I can see her having like a sympathy for Paul. It's To me, it wasn't really sympathy. It was more pity that she had for him. And It's like, because she has her answer on what caused the burn is no longer important. Being back at that planet and figuring it out is no more, is no longer important because that was her driving force. And everything she did was to get the answers and, and because that's what she needed. But instead of even trying to placate Paul and say, we need to get Discovery back before we can go back and save them because they have control of the ship. They'll just jump there. There's, their people are still on the ship. We can't jump there with these people on there because I can't save them Like, it was just like, she didn't care. Like, she didn't even try to explain to him another way around this. She just basically kicked Paul off the ship against his will. And I understood that, like, look, you can't, Paul is the only one that can make the MySeal network work. And there's something they have that can control him. Um... And they can jump anywhere but at the same time have some freaking sympathy for your friend who is right. about to lose his husband and the person he considers his child right his entire world is on that ship is on that planet and michael we all know if it was book you would have went back for him yes yes you would have yes. acted exactly the same way and Then we're like, oh, well, you know, I was just trying to save someone. So you guys should forgive me. No, 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 no. You do not get to just act like you didn't like what Paul is going through is not world ending. He's about to lose his entire family again. And he was, he was like, we came to the future for you. right? We gave up everything for you. And she's like, I know. I'm trying to keep this episode G or PG-13, but bitch, what did you say? (laughs) And
0: I think also Paul knows that Michael was supposed to stay there. Like, that was her mission. When they beamed out, she beamed out with Hugh. So stick it out and save Hugh. Like, he -hmm. was, Paul was not, was not um, keen to uh Hugh leaving anyway. Like he was highly upset about that. Like uh this is a dangerous mission. I don't think you should go.
1: And um I just think Michael should have stayed behind. Yeah Um, I really do think Michael should have stayed on um because let's be honest they're about to take the ship back without her. Yeah. They really like they were really about to take the ship back without her. Like yeah she should have stayed behind on bookship and um, saved them and gave them a little bit more time to get Sue call under control or just leave the dude there but I feel like we can get into a a never ending discussion about why it was dumb for her to leave and never finish this episode
0: (laughs) yeah I think we both feel for Paul in this case
1: yes I definitely feel for him, and i if I was him, I don't know if I could forgive her, unless, like, especially if, because we don't know if he's going to survive, we don't know if Saru's going to survive, we don't know if is going to survive, like, we really just don't know what's happening on that planet, and so if, if they kill my man again, Paul needs to leave the ship, because this is, this isn't, like, this isn't like season one where michael was trying to avoid the war by like destroying the ship um because that's what she should have done this is her deciding what she believes is correct is more important than what other people believe is correct right and plan on selfishness because you have everyone you love on the ship with you so why does anyone else want to do anything different than what you think And this is why I think she's not ready to be a captain. Right. So
0: speaking of a call that she made that I thought was misplaced or just, she called her mom. And I was thinking, why not call the Federation? Like why in the world you make one call? What's your mom going to do to help you right now? Unless there's something going on. I I, I don't, I missed something. Uh, But she should have made some sort of, Indirect way of connecting with Vance to tell Vance what was going on. That's what yeah. I envision it happened because that's also what was occurring in Die Hard. Like stick to the script, stick to the movie. That works.
1: <laughs> like no, you're you're a hundred percent correct. You are a hundred percent correct because they definitely, definitely should not. She should not have called her mom. Why were you calling your mother? what was the point of it what what was she going to do Vulcans aren't a part of Starfleet anymore they they just aren't it's they're not so what what did you think was going to happen like if and if I swear to god if the if it's like the Vulcans show up at the end of this next episode saving her or whatever I'm just going to be very 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 shocked because I just don't it, you, I don't get why they didn't contact Vance beforehand. Why did they didn't send a message ahead of time? Why there was just so much? And we see that they tried to talk to uh, Vance quickly, but they didn't. They didn't pick up. But you didn't send a message. Voicemail does not exist in this in this timeline. Right. Like, hey, Vance, that's not discovery. That's not discovery. That's so why I say that's not discovery. That's not that's not Starfleet. Osara has them. Don't trust them. Don't let them in. That's all you had to say. Well, like, don't let them in. Like, right. and it's just it just dumb decisions all around. Yes. But so then we come near the end of the episode and we um see the the bridge crew is trying to make their way through the ship. And they are like, I like how they're all sort of standing, all aiming at different directions down the uh, down the hall because they hear a noise. And we see this cute little robot poke his head out and it shows uh tilly a little video um like of a movie and she's like oh you're the sphere data and the dot 23 robots was like yes let's take back the ship and i'm like oh they're just so cute yeah. <laughs> but it's very interesting because in the beginning of this episode they were just trying to delete everything off of the discovery and they couldn't delete the sphere data and so instead of the, instead of allowing the data to be turned off, it uploaded itself to a different consciousness. So now it's technically no longer connected to discovery, which is interesting because it downloaded itself into the three robots. So I wonder if it's three different entities or if the robots are really, like th- does each robot have different uh, information? Because like it's a lot of information apparently. Right. So it's like, did they, download intercept or are they just really one consciousness spread out between three different robots or does each robot have some of its own information because the eye colors were different so it made me think that each robot had like its own portion of the memory oh wow that's interesting i guess we'll see
0: i just also remember thinking in that scene oh that's where the weapons are that's where michael should have went <laughs> that's all i was thinking like Michael go get some weapons before Osiris men pick up the
1: weapons and use them against you <sighs> I feel like they always like they always have Michael make the dumb decisions because yeah. at the end of this episode she basically forces Paul out so that way Starfleet can pick him up and keep him safe away from Discovery and it's not what she did it's how she did it She did it against his will. He's not going to forgive her for that. And she's risking another friendship. I'm trying to save you. But did he ask to be saved because every time you try to save someone, Michael, without asking them for their consent before you do it, you do the wrong thing. It's like, why can't they have her learn to trust other people's judgment besides herself because she never does. And I think kicking Paul off the ship because you wanted him off the ship Instead of empathizing with him and saying, okay, we can go get them, but first we need to get rid of everyone on the ship who's against us. Because until we do that, we can't move forward. We can't get there and save them because you're just going to bring them onto a ship full of people who's going to try and kill them. We can't do that, Paul. We need to get everyone off the ship first. And it was like none of that. There was no actually talking to him like a human being. Instead, she treated him like a child. And I don't think he's going to forgive her. And I don't really want him to. Yeah, she ejected him physically off the
0: ship. It's hard to come back from that. Um, Go ahead. But the actor that played Aurelio, his name is Ken Mitchell. And remember, he was in that chair, the scientist? Mm Mm-hmm. He actually uh, also played in a few other episodes of Star Trek Discovery. He was like Taravik, which is Larelle and Ash slash Volk's older kid. Um, But he played in a few other characters. It's just that this is the first time we've seen him without prosthetics, without makeup.
1: Interesting. Um,
0: Yeah, but here's the big thing. So he was in that lift. And he, between last season, between season two and season three, He was diagnosed with ALS. (gasps) And Discovery, uh, director and the crew that uh, films Discovery, produces Discovery, um, wanted him in this role, but then accommodated him with a custom like wheelchair lift. And I just thought that was so
1: sweet. That is actually really sweet. (laughs) That is very sweet.
0: Yeah, so it's very inclusive and it's like, it's, it's, um, I don't know, and you wouldn't even know that he had ALS, so, mm-hmm. um, or that he had any type of disability at all, and the way he was able to portray that, it was fine acting, I loved it, and I just thought I would, wanted to share that little tidbit.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that, that's pretty interesting. So a lot has happened in this episode, um, a lot of good lies, a lot of bad truth. <laughs> Um, and it was basically leading us up to the season finale that's going to be happening in the next episode. And I don't really know what to expect anymore because I have a feeling they're going, like, I I know, you know, we know Discovery's going, they always survive at the last episode. They always, they always come through. And so we know they're going to come through. I just, I don't know how the other crew that's left in the nebula is going to survive. I don't know how Paul and Michael's relationship's ever going to be. And I just don't see Michael really facing true repercussions for her selfish actions ever. And I really want the writers to change her. I'm tired of them writing female characters to be so... One dimension and no charisma, no like like when they write men like this, they allow them to empathize sometimes. and for women it's like I'm no yeah so I'm so I'm so sorry, but I'm never gonna learn from my mistakes and I'm gonna move on. And it's like when they write men, they let men learn from their mistakes and grow. and like Pike, Pike was awesome and Except the first Georgiou. The first Georgiou was great. She was the great captain, but we only had it for like two episodes. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's like with Michael, they keep writing her in the same mistakes and the same spiral of never learning. And I really don't want her to be a captain right now because every time I think she's learned her lesson, she comes back with the same stuff. So what do you think, think is going to happen next? I,
0: well, we have to... Secure lithium. We have to get Saru, Hu, and Sukal. I don't know. I've learned to just expect the unexpected with this show. So, um, one of the things, though, that I, I mentioned a few episodes ago that I just want to reflect on again is the fact that Tilly really needs to mentor Michael. Like, that relates. I feel like Tilly is making much better decisions, showing a leadership role, like quality and, and including. She's just a much better strategist now than Michael. And uh, Michael needs to learn from Tilly now. I know she was mentoring Tilly before, but.
1: That's actually a really good point because Tilly definitely has the same issues where she'll make mistakes, but she'll learn from them. And she puts the crew first. And that's the difference between Michael and Tilly. Tilly will put the crew first and include the crew in her decisions. Michael will put the crew first quote unquote, but then do everything on her own. And it's like, you don't, they don't really allow her to trust anyone. But then she always says, you all mean so much to me. Then trust that they're fucking adults. You're all of Starfleet together. Stop treating them like every problem you have to fix personally. Use them instead of just, okay, I need this information from you right now. Okay, well, I'm going to go do this because I can't bear losing anyone else. But that's their job. That's the job. Like you have to trust other people and they just never let her trust them. And that's the difference. You're right. Tilly trusts the crew and she uses everyone in the decision. And she does what's best for them with them. And Michael trusts the crew, quote unquote, but cannot do what needs to be done. They always have her, they always hold her back. And that is a very uh, annoying trait. Yeah.
0: But until next time, we can't change her. We can't change the story. We'll find out more. And Hope
1: she rose.
0: yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, we know that Book and Michael are in love. Ugh. But as always, <laughs> I'm Andrea. And I'm Anika.
1: And I live, live long, long and prosper. And prosper. Hey guys, it's Andrea. Thank you for listening to the most recent episode of our podcast, Trekking and Beyond. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up with the latest episodes. If you enjoyed listening to us, please go ahead and support us by clicking that support button in the episode's description. We greatly appreciate it. As always, live long and prosper.